0: all right guys welcome back to episode three of the jeb board podcast welcome to all the casuals at home listening uh we've had an exciting week so far in the football world so we're getting ready to talk about that my name is grayson applin i'm recording from not atlanta this week i am currently in western michigan kalamazoo home of the western michigan university broncos so i'm here for a work trip so i'm in uh, enemy territory i feel like i'm about Uh, two hours from Kyle right now as the crow flies Um, I would much prefer to be farther than two hours for him but I guess we kind of have to live with it for this week so um, alongside me this week again is cheese brain Kyle Oberhart the lumberjack Nick Noah as always 28-3 denier Brandon Black and then Bounty Gate was just a way to make him play harder Caleb Naylor it feels
1: better every time you say it (laughs) <laughs>
2: how we doing doing, good, doing great man. baby Ready to get into it. Fan- i hate fantasy
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love <It's-> fantasy <laughs> we That's
3: all
0: the- we all have had a very interesting week of fantasy football there's been a lot of interesting games going on this past week in the nfl and college alone week two was um Week two is an interesting week, so we can't wait to start breaking that down for you guys and uh, kind of looking forward to the future for the uh, for, for the NFL and college football. But first things first, as always, we got to talk about fantasy. Um, I know several of us on this podcast probably don't want to talk about fantasy right now because it has been a week for some, and it's been an easy week for others. So
3: Stephon Diggs to drop 32 tonight.
0: Yeah, and we don't think that's uh we don't think that's gonna happen. You know, I heard I heard that a really good pickup was T. Higgins. I heard that was a great pickup in fantasy this year. <laughs>
3: Eight targets, if you won't right? If you know yeah, you don't want, it's
2: pretty ideal targets. for a wide receiver too. Yeah. How many receptions? We didn't hear that.
3: Zero. Zero.
0: How many no. yards?
3: Uh, zero.
0: Ah, okay, cool. Just making sure.
1: He's, um,
3: he's leading the league in cardio.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. He he's was tied definitely...
1: with the Titans for touchdowns. Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You got a point there. I mean, I see. The casuals
3: aren't going to like that.
0: The casuals <laughs> are not going to like that. I mean, but let's be honest, though. The Saints had a really good rush defense. So it's, I mean, we can't really, we can't really fault Derek Henry not being able to do anything this past week. So
3: oh, it's almost like <laughs> somebody saw that coming.
0: Yeah, Grayson, do you know what they're ranked? Because I can't remember. Uh, no, who, the Titans?
4: No, the Saints run defense. I, I just just. Oh, I don't know
1: specific ranking. Oh, top 10.
0: Probably top yeah. ten. Yeah, I, I, that sounds right, but I don't know. Um, all right, well, getting into it, we're going to start the fantasy segment off the way we always do. Um, we're going to do our best and worst matchups and then our projection for week two MVP. So I am going to pull up our whiteboard here for everybody watching on youtube um a slight interjection to just going to go ahead and make the announcement um this episode will be po- posted on spotify
1: correct caleb that is correct in addition to apple podcasts
0: yeah so if you get tired of looking at us and you just want to listen to us you want to hear my beautiful songbird voice all you got to do is listen to listen to on spotify or apple Podcasts,
1: and so, you can watch us there too because no, the yeah. video uploads as well, so you can watch the video too if you want to. If you don't, put it in CarPlay. Well,
0: how about that? Anyways, had to had to put my you know slight um what is it called when you interject, make my little sales pitch right there. Um, marketing your...
4: tactic right there, baby.
0: Yeah, marketing tactic. Yeah, yeah. just like the nuh-uh defense Got to interject it <laughs> somehow. Um, anyways. Best and worst matchups of week two. Um, so, as always, we will start with Kyle Oberhart. Kyle, if you want to break down who uh, you have as your best and worst. Justin match-
2: Jefferson. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I'm sorry that it's the truth.
4: He is the man. And to be honest with you, Philly made Mac Jones look good. And if they're going to do that, imagine what they're going to let Jefferson do to him. Uh, Still I mean, he's going to have multiple. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have multiple receptions. I think over a 25-plus point game easily. Uh, best receiver on the field. Yeah. Still
0: glad cool. I went number one pick with him. Well, and one thing to talk about with this, too, is something that we've kind of alluded to, maybe off, off broadcast, but Jordan Addison, I think, is going to pan out really well. Yes, he is. Yeah. So, I'm glad I started him in the sleeper league, but, I mean <sighs> – even though the even though the Vikings lost to my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yes, sir. um, they, their offense still looked good. So, um, I don't know, they just couldn't score. They just they yep. just really couldn't score. So, um, that's that bend don't break defense down yep. there in the bay. But so, you know that that's another
4: point that, that's going to get a lot of pressure off Jefferson. He's going to have a lot more opportunities to be open, a lot more catches, a lot more yards, and I think he's going to have a good week again. Yeah,
0: well, what about your uh, worst matchup right here?
4: I hate to say it, but Higby, man, San Francisco just looks so dang good on defense. And I I think anyone playing them is not going to have a good time. Uh, going off my lineup, this is my worst matchup. Higby, I don't – I'd be shocked if he gets over five points. I don't see it happening. San Francisco is just so stout, man.
0: Agreed. Their defense is – I mean, just like last year, looking kind of scary. So after what they did to Pitts- Pittsburgh, so um, Caleb, what about you, man? What what are we uh, what are we looking at here?
1: So for my best matchup that I'm looking at this week, it's got to be Tyreek Hill coming off of a week like last week. There's no way I'm not picking Hill. Um, and for my worst matchup, I'm gonna have to say that my worst matchup is Geno Smith once again going off of last week. I have talked a big game about how bad the LA Rams defense was going to be and they completely punched me in the face and uh, they made Geno Smith cry out oh, oh my god when Aaron Donald was getting <laughs> in his face. I think the Patriots looked really good on defense this past weekend but not good enough to contain Hill and Tungavaloa. Donald blah blah. blah, blah. <laughs> and um, what about I swallowed Gina? my Tungavaloa. So Geno Smith is playing the Lions this week. I think the Lions had a really good showing against Kansas City. Granted, they were missing Travis Kelsey, but I think they showed a lot of promise. Um, however, I think Geno Smith, is, you know, considering that they, the, considering that the Seahawks only had 12 yards of offense and just one first down in the first half against the Rams. And the Detroit Lions did a great job of making Patrick Mahomes' evening hell last Thursday night. I'm going to have to say Geno Smith is going to be my worst matchup. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to have to prove me wrong and prove to me that he can really turn it around, or else uh, I'm going to be looking at the waiver wire really soon.
2: Do you take back what you said about the Rams' defense?
1: Oh, 100%. I'm an absolute fool. However, I must say, if any team is going to be losing to the 49ers in the NFC Championship, it's going to be the New Orleans Saints.
0: <laughs> All right. I'm glad you got your plug in. Um, That was the word I was looking for earlier, my plug. that Plugging in our, our stuff. Okay. I got a – God, short-term memory is terrible. Anyways, um, moving on to uh, Nick Noah. Um, best and worst matchups.
2: Well, my I've got some good matchups. Um, I mean, my problem this week was not scoring, it was getting scored on. Um, because I was beating Caleb by, by 40, and then uh, Cowboys defense and Tyreek Hill combined for 80 points. So, um, it's kind of looking around. Um, ETN. He looked really good. He had 77 yards uh, rushing with a touchdown. He had five targets, caught them all for 27 yards. And, I mean, I don't think he's going to have any drop-off against Kansas City. Uh, Colts' defense looked really good compared to what we thought it would be as far as, you know, the expectations we had for the uh, Jags' offense. But Mm -hmm. uh, worst matchup, um, Justin Fields looked kind of – Justin Fields looked like he just started, you know, for his first game again. Um, I don't know if that was kind of a a rivalry kind of impact or, the, you know, how everybody's been hyping him up. And so I could see him struggling again against Tampa Bay solely for the fact that Tampa Bay's strength are their linebackers. And so they're going to be spying and watching the QB run. And so, I mean, Tampa Bay did give up 300, you know, yards on uh the vikings but i mean you've got jefferson and jordan addison so you're gonna see you know i think it's gonna be a pretty big drop off i could still see 15 points at the most so Mm -hmm. he's probably my worst matchup
0: i got you um bb why don't you uh why don't you give us our uh our best and worst matchup for you buddy
3: all right, so the best matchup I got is Mike Evans versus the Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago last week gave up ten point four yards per attempt, and made Kyle think that Jordan Love is a good quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think Baker, I, I think Baker Mayfield is a little bit better than Jordan Love, and Mike Evans is a man child. Uh For my worst matchup, I got the Minnesota defense versus uh, the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, jalen hurts is about to cook them if if baker mayfield can do it jalen can do it and i think the fighting off of that i think the philadelphia's defensive line is gonna get a lot of three and outs against the uh, <clears throat> against uh minnesota so that defense is gonna be on the field all game long
0: yeah all right well I guess uh, going into my best and worst matchup, so I I kind of did mine a little bit differently. Um, I kind of liked all of my matchups, so I looked on some other teams and found uh, a worse matchup. My best matchup is for my team. Um, I picked uh, Keenan Allen versus uh, Tennessee. Looking back at the stats from this past week, yes, the Saints only scored 16 points but they did give up 305 yards passing um, on 23 of 33 attempts from Derek Carr. Uh, Chris Olave had eight receptions for 112 yards, and then uh, Shahid had five receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. So um, I think just like we talked about in previous episodes, with the amount of talent that the Chargers have and Keenan Allen kind of being that solidified number one guy, I think he's going to blow through Tennessee. Um, going to my worst matchup, like I said, I picked somebody else from a different team right here. I think that Cam Akers is gonna have an incredibly hard time against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, obviously that game was went very bad for the Steelers. And looking right here at the stats, the the, the Steelers had 37, they had 41 yards rushing against uh San Francisco. So, I think San Francisco's rush defense is going to be something to handle all year. I feel like that's a possible worst matchup against them all the time. So, But I think Cam Akers is not going to be able to really do much against it. Hmm.
2: Did you see what his stats were against the Seahawks? No. 22 carries for 29 yards. God. Abysmal yeah. Cam look. Akers is not going to get nearly as many touches because they're not going to let him play.
4: Yeah. Um well hey guys, up. I got I got some big news. Um Aaron Rodgers just went down and they had to walk him off the field. Donald I was just, is it? I was
3: just about to say that.
1: Yep.
0: M- man. Yes. That's bra- that's- <laughs> now, yes. Talk about breaking news, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's so uh, funny. Of course, of course Kyle's the one that's breaking. He's like, Oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers went down. We gotta talk about this. Yeah, hey, that's my first round pick that
4: just went down, baby. He better get his ass back in that game. I mean, sixty five percent.
0: So obviously carded him off. No, no, they, they, they uh, helped them off. Oh, okay. So, for just for context for everybody uh, listening right now, this is being done on Monday night. Um, this is going on during the Jets and Bills game. So, uh, I guess we will update as we go um, about that. Um, that might that might change a little bit of our picks from last week, guys. So, but we'll keep everybody updated as we go. Obviously, everybody will listen to this after the fact, but we're going to talk about it now. It
3: looks, um, right. it looks like a soft hit.
0: Yeah. So okay. Well, going into our week two MVPs, um, let's go reverse order right here. Let's start with BB and let's go into your um, let's go into your week two MVP right here.
3: All right. Uh, my week two MVP is uh, Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked good against Jaguars defense. Week yeah. one. Uh He scored twenty points, and this week they they have the Houston Texans, who I don't think is going to be that good of a defense. As of week two, I think like later on down the season, they're gonna be stout, but right now, I don't don't think they got it all figured out. And as long as he doesn't throw turn turn over the ball, I think he's Mm -hmm. gonna have at least 16, 17 points, which is a lot better than people would think.
0: Right. Um, let's see. Uh, Nick, what you thinking?
2: Same guy who screwed me first first week, it's Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek. He's, he's going to get his points. Um, he plays the Patriots this week, and so kind of just piggybacking off Caleb. Um, the Dolphins have a great way of putting him in motion to keep him in space. It's not like he's having to make crazy catches. It's just, I mean, he finds the open spots in the defense, and if he's got, you know, even three yards worth of separation, that turns into 10 real quick after the catch. So uh, his, his, you know yards after catch is, is insane so yeah he's he's just going to continue it's kind of like what they did last year I mean they're the Dolphins are going to look like the number one team for the first five weeks Tyree is going to look like an MVP you know caliber wide receiver and then mm-hmm. then they suck um let's see let's
0: go with uh Mr. Naylor I like your uh week two MVP here
1: yeah, I like him a lot, too. I wish I had him on my team. Um, so so in this instance, uh, my MVP takes us to the Detroit and Seattle game. And when you're watching this game, look for Amon Ross St. Brown to have himself a ball game. And the reason I say that isn't just because the man is talented. It's also because the Seattle defense coughed up. 334 receiving yards against a Cooper cupless Los Angeles Rams. And look for Amon, Saint, um, Amon Ross St. Brown to stick it to the Seahawks this weekend. Yeah. All right. Kyle?
4: Yeah. So I'm going to go Calvin Ridley. Um, Eight receptions, 101 yards with a touchdown. This is Trevor Lawrence go-to guy playing mm-hmm. against Kansas City, and Kansas City did not look good against Detroit, and I think is a much better team than Detroit. Um, I I mean, I look for another 100-plus receiving yard and maybe even two touchdowns from him this game.
0: All right. Well, I mean, you guys can see who I've got, uh, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb plays the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers this coming up. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to lay down some facts for y'all real real quick. Let's hear them. This past week, Nick Chubb had 18 carries for 106 yards. What? (laughs) He had four receptions for 21 yards. What? The Steelers themselves gave up to Christian McCaffrey, 152 yards rushing for 22 22 carries. Fact. What? So – That being said, I think Nick Chubb is going to run all over the Steelers, which is something that has not been said in recent memory about the Steelers. Usually they have a really good rushing defense, but I do think that Nick Chubb is just going to tear it up. He didn't have a touchdown this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets two, maybe even three, and he blows it out of the water for whoever's team he's on. So, all right, so... That's fantasy football for this week. So now let's move on to the real stuff. Let's get to the NFL. Um, as we said last week, we are doing a divisional breakdown every single week. Uh, last week was the AFC South. This week, we're going to go to their counterparts in the NFC. We're going to go to the NFC South, which I know myself, BB, and Caleb are all pretty excited to talk about. So, yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and have Caleb talk. That way we can go ahead and get it out of the way, Uh, because I don't want to hear about the Saints too (laughs) much.
1: Alrighty, so first off, I'm just going to say what we're all thinking. The NFC South is definitely going to be a more competitive division than anyone anticipated. Tampa beating Minnesota was huge. Mayfield was looking really good as that game progressed, and I think uh, Tampa's going to have a much brighter season than anyone gave them credit for leading into this season. The Falcons look better than they have in a long time. Ritter seems more comfortable. Algier is definitely a weapon. Uh, granted, it was Carolina. They still looked really, really good and really, really clean. I like them against the Packers coming up this week. Carolina is definitely the weakest link when it comes to the NFC South. Bryce Young is having some growing pains. Um, I would also say that... He's not growing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would also say that, you know, you, you saw some good production out of Chuba Hubbard, but Chuba Hubbard and that entire stable of running backs can't replace one Christian McCaffrey, and I am sure Panthers fans are missing him. So I would say, though, when we're coming down to the big easy, the NFC South Division Championship still comes through New Orleans. They did not give up a single touchdown to the Titans they had they caught three interceptions granted it was Ryan Tannehill and they held the titans to 104 total rushing yards held henry himself to 63 yards out of 15 attempts at rushing my takeaway is that the saints that if the saints fixed their offensive line pass protection police these dumb penalties saw a lot of false starts and if they it, they have all the tools necessary to seriously go on a run. Now, that being said, ain't nobody in this league proved to me they can beat the Niners. And uh, the Saints are not an exception.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to go real quick. Usually I try to stay last, um, but I'm going to interject real quick. Um, I didn't watch any of the games yesterday because I was on a plane, and all those games start around the same time. But I will say this. The Saints beat a piss poor Tennessee Titans team. Congratulations. That couldn't score a touchdown. They literally kicked field goals the whole entire time. 15 points. Five field goals. Like I'm I'm glad they have a kicker. Um I will say I was not expecting the Buccaneers to take one against the Vikings at all. Like I like yeah they again, like I said earlier, is a bend don't break defense. Um Mayfield kind of showed some some really some hope uh, Mike Evans had a pretty decent game. Um, hadn't really looked at the stats that much, like I said, be honest with y'all. Um, but I will say, I think the top three teams in that division, which is the Saints, the Buccaneers, and the Falcons, I think it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be realistically, I think it's going to be how it was last year, but with better records. I think that the Panthers are going to be last in the division. They have. They've got way more issues than just, you know, having a young quarterback. I mean, their defense is okay. I think their offensive line, from what I saw, wasn't great. Um, And, again, like I've said before, the offensive line can make or break you. I thought it was going to break the Buccaneers, but hell, they won a game.
2: So um, Adam Thielen is their number one receiver.
0: That is also a big thing. A slot receiver is their number one receiver. So, I will say that it's. I mean, it's going to be tough. I think the the top three teams in that division will go 11, 10, and nine in wins. In in what order, I don't know. Um, but they go 11, 10, and nine. Carolina it rakes up the end around like with a five, four or five game win season, maybe, and try to figure stuff off out in the off season. So, um, uh, BB, I know you. Uh, oh. Before we get
4: to BB, they just took Rodgers to the locker room.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Whoever picked the Jets, which I know I'm one of them, whoever picked them in our uh, picks last week, uh, we're looking in trouble, guys, because that means uh, Zach Wilson, the uh, Cougar Hunter, is now Yeah, baby. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully they still have Mike White the the legend himself to come in, but um, looks like we get to see Zach Wilson tonight. Maybe he's going to try to take the starting spot from Aaron Rodgers tonight, but... Okay, um, real quick.
1: Show of hands, who picked the Jets?
0: Me. I think I did. Yeah, I definitely did. Okay. All right. Um, BB, go ahead and talk about your Atlanta Falcons.
3: All right. Uh, so... The division-wise, I think it's going to come down to who plays better against each other in their own in their division. Because I think –
0: Well, yeah, whoever wins the most games usually has I'm a better season. About, I'm
3: talking about the divisional games <laughs> in general. Um, and with those games, I think it's going to sound very uh, John Madden-like right here. Yeah. Whoever turns the ball over less is going to win the division. I'm, now I'm speaking primarily towards uh, the Saints and Falcons games. Because uh, Desmond, if Desmond Ritter does not turn the ball over, I think we'll, he'll, he's going to put us in a good position to win games. That's why the passing numbers aren't there, aren't what you want to be, but when you run the ball down people's throats, you don't really have to throw the ball. It's completely fair. Uh, but really, the distance between the second. So I have Saints first, uh, winning it. Uh, number two, number three is, is a toss-up between uh, Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Um, I'd go either way. They both I, – I, I was going to have Atlanta all the way until uh, Tampa Bay beat Minnesota. And uh, pretty much Carolina last for every reason that Caleb said. Mentioned. Yeah. So –
0: well, let's get in let's get an uh a look on it, on the NFC side outside of the division. Uh Kyle, what are you seeing for the NFC South as kind of like an unbiased opinion?
4: Yeah, so um Carolina easily last team. I mean that's not debatable. They mm. Bryce Young, no offense to him, loved him in Alabama, he's a really good quarterback. NFL is just sometimes they're good college quarterbacks and not good NFL quarterbacks. And I I can maybe see that for Bryce Young. I hope not. I think he's a really good guy. Hope he shows up, but I doubt it. Going to the other three. um, I'm going to say a really bold thing, and I think it's going to come true. I would not be shocked if the NFC took both wild cards.
0: The NFC South? Yes. Hmm. That's um, that pretty bold.
4: Yeah. I, I could see that. Saints, if they don't figure out how to score touchdowns over field goals, they're not going to win that division. And they're going to start playing better defenses. Um, they got to figure out how to get in the end zone. I think that will come. I think Derek Carr is going to settle down a little bit. First game jitters. He's got to figure it out. But once he gets it in there, he should do better. We'll see. Um, going to Tampa Bay. Man, there's nothing more dangerous than a Baker Mayfield who just doesn't care anymore. This is his last <laughs> chance. And you know what? He's like, screw it. I'm going to play me. And that's what he did in college. And I think that's what he's going to do this year. And, man, I they, they got a good – they got a good offense. They got good receivers. So with a dangerous Baker Mayfield, watch out for Tampa, Atlanta, young quarterback. But like BB said, they get those turnovers, and they don't do those this year. Hey man, that's gonna be dangerous too. I I see it. Saints win in the division, um, and I see Tampa Bay and Atlanta taking the wild cards for the NFC.
0: Well, and to just kind of point out something you said there, talking about Derek Carr uh, having, like, the first-game jitters. He had first-game jitters, but he still had 305 yards pass. Correct. And that – 23 receptions. Yeah, you get that red zone offense
4: figured out, that's a dangerous team. Yeah. That's a dangerous team.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, and Nick, uh, for you to sum it all up right here.
2: I disagree with every single one of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think the NFC South is dog shit, to be completely fair. Um, I mean, I think the Minnesota always comes out week one, and they look like dog (laughs) shit, and that happens every year, and then they proceed to win 13 straight games. Um, So I'm not convinced on Tampa Bay. Atlanta beating the Panthers is not a statement, (laughs) um, in my opinion. Agree. Um, same thing can be said with the Saints because they beat the Titans, Jeez. and the so Titans yeah, really I, mean, I I really don't see. I mean, Kyle, you saying three? That's that's not bold. That's insane. Steaming. I mean, like ah. that's that's no I, way. I, I, I um, personally I think, don't think so, man. <laughs> well, I'm glad you think that way. <laughs> Anyways, um. The rest of the, I mean, I see the the top top team. You know, it's really a toss up because they are all kind of crap. And I see their top you know team having at least maybe nine, 10, 10 wins. I mean, I don't see any improvement. Of last year, I think the best move was getting Derek Carr. But I mean, again, it's okay. You got you got Derek Carr. That's yeah. it. So I disagree. Not- I yeah, well, I was on
3: a winning record for the first time since 2017. Nothing to say can to hurt my feelings.
2: That's fair. 28-3. Nah, Man, he... was I hurting to say that when y'all were talking? About that. that was about 20 <laughs> minutes worth of me just sitting here. Just... Yeah. Well, I think BB
0: become numb to the pain at this point in time. About 28 to three. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So he's seen that enough. A side side note here. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, especially you guys listening at home, you should go look at Matt Ryan's first broadcast at halftime. <laughs> they were that. they were sitting there talking about the uh there's they were like, This game is 10 to 10, but it feels like it should be 28 to 3. And the look on Matt Ryan's face was hilarious. He literally rolled his eyes and looked like off camera, like, did this dude really just say this to me of all people?
1: I thought he wanted to hit him so day bad.
0: Day. Yeah so all right well moving off from so that's our nfc south breakdown for this week um moving into let's talk about the the league in general um let's go over some highlights and lowlights that we saw so i know um one of the big highlights that we saw was uh tua Tua really stepped up. I mean, I mean, he played great. I mean, we had over 400 yards passing, had, what, three touchdowns, had an interception, but, I mean, he had a great game. Yep.
4: Um, I, I would say this with Tua. Tua is a great quarterback. He He's great at scaring, scrambling. He's great at getting out of the pocket. He's great at hitting completions. If he stays healthy, Dolphins are going to be a great team. But, mm-hmm. man, the and I hate saying it, but the pass with the concussions and everything, that's a big fear. And I hope he stays this way because we'll be talking about him all season. But mm-hmm. man, what a game! Over over 400 yards, that's that's crazy. That's a great great game for Tua.
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah. And another. Oh. Uh, yeah, another highlight that we uh, we saw, which we kind of alluded to at the beginning of the or during fantasy football was the 49ers defense i mean let's see uh, nick did you actually watch that game who actually watched that i
2: game? watched the full game I didn't. you watched because i had chris mccaffrey yeah. Debo samuel i had a lot of their players on fantasy i, so watched, I watched the full game yeah,
4: i watched it to talk smack to hayes because it deserves it if you <laughs> listening to hayes you deserve it yeah
0: so nick from uh, someone that actually watched the game because like i said i didn't i didn't see anything yesterday what from someone actually watching the game what is your opinion on the 49ers defense was it was it because Pittsburgh's offense was that bad or is the or is the 49ers defense that really that good
2: um it, it's definitely a combination of both um because i mean everybody was so high on Pittsburgh just because of the preseason um you can't gauge a team based on preseason i mean Pittsburgh's the prime example uh the 49ers i mean i still think they have a top 3 defense there's mm-hmm. no question in it between uh, Fred Warner, Eufonga. I mean, Eufonga's turning into the new Troy Polamalu. Yeah. Um, so there, there's really no questioning the 49ers defense, but I don't think week one was a test because, again, I mean, you had Najee who picked up right where he left off last year being a dud, and Kenny Pickett. Again, he, he, he hasn't picked, proven baby. anything. He picked he, off, baby. <laughs> yeah, his hands are the size of Taze's brain. Um, <laughs> so it's it's really not saying anything. And so I don't think the 49ers defense is uh, proven yet, but based on last year, I can still say they're proven just because they look like they left off right where they, you know, or they started back up right where they left off. So, uh, they look good. They swarmed them. Kenny Pickett never got comfortable. George Pickens got you know, little Boyd. It, it just, I mean, it was just all around not a great and, game.
4: Yeah, and you know, on top of that, when you got a good defense, but then you bring in Brock Purdy, who's throwing that accurate, man. What a what a great combination. You know, last pick of the draft, and he comes in there, and you know he. I hate to say it, but you know, thanks to injuries on his part, he was able to start. He proved himself, and he's still proving himself, man. He's still hitting the connections. He's still accurate, and he's still getting out of the pocket and getting those first downs when he needs to to scramble to get them. He, he's a good quarterback. 49ers look like the most complete team in this league.
0: Yeah. Um, And then our last highlight that we have on paper right here is – uh, Calvin Ridley um I know I know BB you watched that game. I know you're watching more for Anthony Richardson. Uh oh, yes. but can can you uh yeah, can either you or Caleb can y'all kind of go into detail about like what Ridley did?
1: I'll, you, I'll let I'll let BB take it away from here. Uh, I didn't get a chance I mean, to watch.
3: He just got open. You no, know, Calvin Ridley's one of the best uh, route runners in the league and you know, to your point last week about the Colts secondary, they just mm-hmm. couldn't. I mean, they couldn't stop him.
0: Did he? Um, did Calvin Ridley? I mean, did he look like he was just in prime form? He, like, he like, like he didn't yeah, miss a he step. Like
3: he never missed a step. Hmm. Man, like was really, imp- like the way he stopped or the out routes, cutting it, everything.
4: Hey, yeah. BP, would you say he looked like he had money on the game? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. He play Yeah, he played like he had the over in his yardage. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, I guess going from highlights to kind of uh, lowlights, one of the big lowlights was actually the first game of the season um, with Kansas City and their receivers. So, Caleb, do you want to kind of go into detail about uh, the lack of production from Kansas City's uh, athletes outside the tackles?
1: Let me just say the best player on Detroit's team that night was Kadarius Tony. That man couldn't catch a cold in a blizzard. Um <laughs> you, you saw that all throughout the game, just a lot of unnecessary drops, not just from Tony, but for the first time and I feel like forever, you saw a Lions defense, which you're not gonna take any credit away from him. You saw a Lions defense that, you know, didn't really show out or stand out as an elite defense really kind of stopped the Chiefs. And uh, it's been a long time since we've seen receivers just be powerless on a Chiefs team.
0: Yeah. Um, and another another low light that we saw, and I saw uh, specifically because I started him in fantasy, was um, Joe Burrow. Man gets paid, is the highest player in NFL history, and puts up like three fantasy points. I think he had like 70-something yards passing. Um, who uh, Who actually... Paid attention to that game, like I said on flight. Didn't see anything. Anybody see anything out of the uh, Cleveland Cincinnati game? All, all I in production. I gotta see the last
4: bit of the fourth quarter. You know, just wh- I, I where you are yeah, in the I country, checked, to get about, yeah. Uh,
3: there, but I mean, it was it was like that miserable, like fake rain going on. Oh yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, that's. I mean, I. I hope that's the reason why T Higgins had eight targets, and no points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I'm just saying I somewhat goalie. called it. Yeah. Well, you know, I said I... there's
1: One thing to bear in mind, one thing to bear in mind is that Joe Burrow has had very little practice time to, you know, in recovering from last season's injury. He has had very little practice time since the preseason began, mm-hmm. since summer camp workouts had began. So he quite literally, that may have been the first time he ever took the field in a contact role. So, yeah. Yeah, well, and that's uh,
4: what I was going to actually get into is it's so important, I feel like, to get your starters to play, at least play a quarter each preseason game. You've got to get them in there. you got to get a field going or something. Or yeah. you get a Joe Burrow who gets Grayson three points of fantasy and lets
0: me win against them. Uh, oh, I'm playing you this week. <laughs> I'm, I might actually drive over uh, to <laughs> Western Milwaukee right now then if that's the case. So we won't have to worry about your fantasy team again.
3: <laughs> and just to add, I mean it was raining and uh the Bengals Ulan
0: Abysmal again.
3: Rest. Bad. It's yeah. Horrible.
0: Well, and kind of off to Caleb's point too, you know, he was talking about an injury. You know, he sustained that calf injury again in the preseason. So there is there is a good – he didn't get cleared until late last week because he still had the questionable logo beside him on on fantasy. So there's still potential he's not 100%. So for my sake, I hope it's just a one-off thing. But, I mean, I guess we'll see next week. Um, the last low light we have here was the game last night, the Giants and the Cowboys. The Giants' offense, guys, was abysmal. I mean, I don't know if it was – first game jitters or just mistake I, but. I
1: in my life have never seen a more physical defensive domination on a football field like and and the new york giants had such high expectations going into this season a lot of people were thinking they would be a solid fixture in the nfc maybe even a playoff contender but my God, it's got to be first game jitters. I I refuse to believe that a team that has that much talent just has a show out like that. Now, granted, Dallas has a freaking defense. Now, as they've proven for nearly two decades now, Dallas will find a way to lose. They looked dominant in that game, but they will find a way to lose. And... I got to say, though, seeing the Giants get mollywopped like they did was really, really disappointing. And that's as a football fan. I can't imagine how you feel if you're waking up today as a Giants fan. I just don't get the play call on. The first
4: drive they went out there and they gave Barkley the ball, he ran it, and he ran it down their throats. And then they don't go back to him. Dude, the next drive they go three and out with all bad passes. Then they go back and they do another two passes with an interception. What the hell are you doing as an offensive coordinator?
1: I think they're what preserving terrible. Barkley because, like, <sighs> I'm telling you, you got Micah Parsons and D-Law on that line. That was a physical freaking game. You saw guys that you were seeing guys getting slung around like they were Frisbees. Like, yeah, so that's the only. Th- I'm I, listen. I'm not. I'm. I am completely in agreement with you. Why didn't they run it? But that's the only rationale I can think is they're just trying to protect I, him.
4: And and that's a fair point. But man, when you you got uh, Barkley going 22 yards on your opening drive, and then he finishes with only 51 yards, what a joke!
0: Agreed.
3: I mean, it's Uh-oh. kind of hard to establish a run when you're down 40 to nothing.
0: But yeah, but
4: you did on the first. I don't know.
0: Well, like something that was said in our group message last week, we can't establish a run. You got to go to the passing game, you know? So uh, that's exactly what the Titans did. Um, So moving on from that, uh, we're going to go into our game predictions for this week. Um, Our records this week, or for this week so far, obviously we have the the Buffalo and Jets game going on right now, so we can't really count it. Um, Kyle's two and two. Nick's 2 and 2, BB's 2 and 2, I'm 2 and 2, and Caleb's 1 and 3. So, how to way to how to way to join everybody Caleb. Um, but this week we have the 49ers versus the Rams, the Jets versus the Cowboys, the Giants versus the Cardinals, the Jaguars versus the Chiefs, and then Green Bay versus Atlanta. So, um I'm going to go through mine real quick. And then um, Nick is going to go, and then Caleb is going to go. And then um, I would like to go for Kyle and Bebe to go simultaneously. So <laughs> uh, me this week, I'm, I'm just going to keep mine. I'm just going to tell you all my predictions. Uh, I think San Francisco uh, wins by 14 against the Rams. Um, I think the Jets, if uh, Aaron Rodgers is healthy, I think the Jets beat the Cowboys. Um, I think the Giants bounce back against the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals one of the worst teams in the league. Um, Kansas City bounces back, too. I said earlier, uh, I think on episode one, that I think Kansas City beats Jacksonville um, this year. And then um, finally, I have Atlanta uh, versus Green Bay. Um, So let's go with Caleb. Caleb, if you want to run through yours right quick.
1: Yep, I'll run through it. So, all due respect to Sean McVay, I admire what they did week one, but San Francisco is going to win, and they're going to win easy against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, moving over to the New York Jets-Dallas game. Now, I know that Aaron Rodgers is up in the air. Me, personally, huge Rodgers fan. Hope he gets better. Hope he's able to take the field again, because that man is really freaking good at football. Um, however... With or without Rodgers, I picked the Dallas Cowboys because you just do not have a defensive showing like you did last night and just completely think that the Jets are going to walk in there and get it done. So I, I'm, I'm picking Dallas. I have a more faith in them to win against the Jets with or without Rodgers. And in New York Giants versus Arizona, I got to pick the G-Men. G-Men got a lot to come back from. Just judging from last night's performance, and I would not want to be Arizona. I feel like they're going to really use this as a bounce back game. Arizona's in dire straits, so it's not like the Giants are going to be playing anyone really tough. And for Jacksonville and KC, I got to pick KC for similar logic to what I'm applying to the Giants. Um, I don't think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and it, if, especially if Travis Kelsey is back by then, I don't see KC going with two losses. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna beat Jacksonville, and by that I mean I don't see them go, starting off um, two and t- uh, zero and two. Um, so with Green Bay and Atlanta, I'm taking Atlanta. Atlanta just has far more. They just seem like a far more complete team to me in comparing both performances from both teams. Green Bay had a good win against the Bears, but it was the Bears, just like Atlanta had a good win against the Panthers, but it was the Panthers. But when comparing both performances, Jordan Love may be a better quarterback, but Desmond Ritter has a lot of weapons on that offense. I think Atlanta
2: takes it. That he doesn't use. Uh, so <laughs> he will. So Nick,
0: let's let's go into yours real quick. Um let's oh. go and run through your picks.
2: So when I say San Francisco will win. Um, I say it with an asterisk, just like I said, uh, the Bengals would beat the Browns. Uh, I said the Bengals would beat them, but I would not be shocked if the Browns upset them. I would not be shocked if the Rams somehow pulled off the win. Now I'm still going to pick the 49ers. Um, the biggest thing is, uh, Matthew Stafford looked healthy. He was moving. He, he, he was actually moving in the pocket. As a healthy quarterback, and last time we saw a healthy quarterback, the Rams won the Super Bowl. I don't think they're there yet just because they don't have cup and they don't have all their weapons yet. They're going to have to figure out the run game, whether they start Jackson over Akers. It, they've got some things to figure out, but the Rams will be a much better team this year. Um, but still, the 49ers have it early. Um, so Dallas, same concept. Uh, I think the – I mean, Jets, big thing, obviously, will be Aaron Rodgers. But um, Dallas, they're, you know, more of a finished product early. Um, so, they'll get that win. Giants, uh, I mean, again, it's it's hard once you get down so much with such momentum against you in that rain. Um, I would say – I mean, I wouldn't say the the loss was a fluke, but the 40-0 to zero was a fluke. Um, Mm -hmm. so I I think the Giants will bounce back pretty big, um, and I think it serves them as a team well to play against uh, Arizona for a bounce-back game. Um, Kansas City, I I don't see them losing two in a row, Um, so I I think they'll win a close one with Jacksonville. Um, And then Green Bay is probably going to beat Atlanta by, like, three touchdowns. Um, And, I mean, Jordan Love is more of an established quarterback, yes, but, I mean – between the tandem with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, I know you know Aaron Jones tweaked his hammy, um, but again, I mean, you are going to have Christian Watson back, and the defense looked great. Yeah, I, I don't see. I mean, Atlanta, the weapons he was talking about was Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I mean, at receiver and tight end, who combined for one catch um, or two catches, excuse me. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, you have Bijan Robinson and Algier. So. Yeah, it makes makes sense.
0: Um, Kyle, BB, not to cut you guys off. Um, I'm gonna read through y'all's uh, first four picks, um, because I want to allocate as much time as I can for the last pick. Um, Kyle, you've got San Francisco, BB, you've got San Francisco. You guys are split on the Jets and Dallas. Kyle, you have the Jets. Uh, BB, you have the Cowboys. You guys both have the G-men. You both have Jacksonville. Um, but the game that we, everybody here on the podcast and at home, want you guys to talk about is this upcoming Green Bay versus Atlanta Falcons game. So um, let's uh, let's start with we'll let Kyle go first. Um, let him speak, and then BB, you can rebuttal. But um, Kyle, how are how are you feeling about this Green Bay and Atlanta game? Atlanta is about to be
4: made out to be a bunch of. Freaking idiots. Jordan Love, 245 yards with freaking 15 and 27 with three touchdowns. BB,
3: That'll.
4: what y'all gonna do? What y'all gonna do? Hold on, Tyle, hold on. Ritter, 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 only Tyle. had 115 yards in the air. What a joke. Did you not just see what we did to Justin Fields, a rushing QB? We made him look like a fool. BB, y'all are gonna be so beaten that you're gonna come back in that group, me, and you're gonna be like, I, I've given up again, guys. I'm, I'm back on Suicide Watch. And we're going to understand it. We're going to understand it. Because it's going to be probably a 35-7 to 7 blowout. And you're not going to know what to do with your life again after. And that's okay. I get it as a Atlanta fan. You're never happy. And it's okay to do it again for another year, BB. Are
3: you done? Are
1: you <laughs> you're going to see Kyle on Code Blue body cam tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Y'all, okay, look, we do this every f- year. Um, I'm sick of it. It's the same thing with every Wisconsin sports in general. All right, look at look at look at your Wisconsin badgers. They get out there, they beat ITT tech. You think they're gonna win the hot they're gonna win the national championship, and they get skull drugged by a team that doesn't even have a conference next year. All right. And let's not bring up the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, hold on. Okay. So, fast forward to the NFL. They pay. The Bears is the biggest piece of sh- team I've <laughs> ever seen. They got. They're, they're they're like a group of five defense. <laughs> All right.
4: Are you going to give your prediction for the game yet? <laughs> well, he, he doesn't want to because he knows he's going to no. be wrong.
3: Well, I was trying to do a Chris. I was trying to do a Chris Beamer voice.
4: B, B- Oh yeah. Okay. First, yeah. Fir- first things first. At least the Falcons. Brewers have some pitching. 15. Anyways. Bay, Twenty-one. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. At least the Brewers have pitching. Um. When is you just said it? But two thousand seventeen was the last time the Falcons have a winning record. Was I correct when he said that? Yeah. Two thousand seventeen. Yeah. I don't know why so the hell you Yeah. I don't know why the hell you think Ritter is something special. <laughs> Oh, he's that not. is a he, yeah. That's a two-year player, I and mean, we'll never hear from him again. So, um, let's Kyle, just let the Packers speed it up for you,
3: buddy, Somebody, somebody, fact check me. Fact check this for me. How many starts did <sighs> Jordan Love have in his career?
2: I think this was his third or fourth. Yeah. And yeah. His
3: fourth. And, how, and he's been in the league for what four years now.
4: Behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Hold on.
3: Oh, that's not what you've been saying cur- since <laughs> July.
1: Oh, you he's mean like uh, okay, Aaron okay, Rodgers? Because,
3: hold on, hold, on, hold on, the I, I've he's always ever seen in his life. He's well, a said fan. I,
1: you're just, I've you're
3: a fair weather Aaron, fan.
4: Ro- I've always said that Aaron Rodgers is a piece of shit as a human, but I do respect him as a quarterback.
3: Oh, no, you do. Now, as soon, soon as it fits your narrative, everything, you, you like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> I
4: hate Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Oh, the here argument. we go. I hate Aaron Rodgers. Change Rogers. the argument, and I'm kind of pissed off that he got hurt because now we're gonna lose out on the first round draft pick because a little bitch boy. But um, yeah, like I said,
3: this change the narrative. Make, make it make sense. Make it make sense. Scores.
4: Packers by four scores. Right there, thirty-five to seven. The next I topic: you.
1: abortion. You he, wait, hold on. <laughs> how many points
3: he said you're to score?
4: 35 to 7, BB. It's going to be a four score TD game.
3: Cal, the <laughs> Packers can't even count four TDs.
4: How, how many? What, what did y'all you put up against TDs? the trash Carolina? What, what did y'all put up? Only 24 points against Carolina?
0: Dog.
3: Cal, okay, Cal, look. I wasn't going to do this to you.
0: Oh, here, let's see.
3: <laughs> I feel like he's going to play the. Oh, we go. Okay. has the 25th rush defense. <laughs> they played the Stick Bears, and they are 25th in rush defense. Guess what? They're not fucking <laughs> throwing the ball. It's kind of what are you doing? Like how how does that happen? And man, it, man. look, and if if the Bears. Oh God, I'm have that. Bad. Baby,
4: <laughs> y'all. Actually, I'm kind of pissed off that the Falcons are going to look so this Sunday because it means Joe Barry is going to get an extension. Hey, because who, y'all are so the, trash. Who's the
3: Packers' uh, best defensive player? <sighs>
4: Good question. They got so many rookies. That's it doesn't problem. matter if he's gonna
3: end up under B. Robinson <laughs> foot when he runs him over.
4: I, yeah, I doubt that. I doubt that. Right. Bijan Robinson right. is going to look like a f- <laughs> idiot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know
4: what? I'm, I'm gonna say this. When Campbell sacks him for at least six
3: B. John oh, when, Robinson? He, when,
4: he, when he tracks uh sacks Ridley, uh, so who? his name R- is. R- I can't remember. He's a hey, running back, Kyle. Wait, can can anyone tell me they're uh Quarterback's name because I forgot Desmond Ritter. Ritter, there we go. Tr- trash ash can. Which you know what? That. If
3: you know what? If when if Campbell sacks him, sacks him six times, I will you twenty bucks.
4: <laughs> when Ritter is sacked at least six plus times that game, I don't want to hear you bitching.
3: It don't matter. We don't. We're not going to fumble six times because going to be running the Maybe
0: I've already put my prediction All
4: thirty-five to seven. Right, well, Mark it down, baby. I'm, let's
3: go. Let's, let's move on. <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Well, that ends the um, the NFL segment. I would, I guess, we could say we ended on a high note for the NFL this week. Um, so I'm excited to see how that game plays out. Um, moving on, uh, going into college football. Like I said, this I said earlier in the podcast. This week was a very interesting week in college football. There was some surprises. There was some. Higher games than we were kind of expecting. So uh, starting off, that we always do, I guess we'll go into uh, game of the week, which we decided the game of the week this week was Ole Miss and Tulane, which is kind of shocking. And from my side here, uh, you know, I was I predicted Ole Miss to kind of blow them out uh, in the whole game, but from what we saw, it was more of a closer game.
3: Yeah, if uh, Pittman, there's if Tulane's starting quarterback wouldn't have gotten hurt by, you know, that team in Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tulane would have beat them by at least 10 points.
4: I, I agree. I yeah. agree with that. Uh, man, that Ole Miss, I, I don't know if they just horrible. couldn't get it going or what was going Because I do not believe Tulane's defense is that good. <laughs> I just – it was a shocking moment for Ole Miss not to, not to come out the gate strong like they always do. And, you know, we, we see Ole Miss usually scoring at least – I'd say 28 points before half. I I would say is a good average for him. Not this man. Ten points before half is crazy for Ole Miss.
2: Ole Miss just proves again why they always their 10 win seasons are their. You know that's their ceiling. Um, They they always have these you know these glaring problems that they never fix. And I mean again, it's they're going to have problems down the road. Um, but as far as the actual game go goes, uh, it was fun to watch because it was very back and forth. Um, you almost want to root for the little guy when it's kind of going in that with a backup, you know, quarterback, and you know you're you're trying to beat an SEC top twenty five team. You know that's a that's a big plate given, and so uh, you almost want to root for the little guy. But uh, it was a good game, back and forth, and eventually, I mean, Ole Miss was able to you know, overcome it. But uh Ole Miss has some problems.
1: Yeah, yeah. just like what Grayson said, I kind of thought Ole Miss would run away with it. I certainly did not expect to be looking at the game and then see Tulane leading seventeen to ten against Ole Miss of all people. So after that performance, Ole Miss was able to pull uh, was able to pull away toward, at the end of the game and you know pull it off. But it was looking really bad, and it honestly has me thinking Pete Gould ain't seeing the end of the season with the Rebels. Yeah, well, and I, you know,
4: Yeah, and another thing too is uh, talking about the end of the game. It was thirty to twenty until a last, I mean, legit one minute and fifteen seconds left in the game. Ole Miss did a fumble recovery for a touchdown. I mean, yeah. this game was really
0: neck to neck, and Ole Miss kind of survived. Yeah, score so, score did not reflect the game by any means. Um, no. and moving on, our player of the week. Uh, we kind of talked about it. We actually had a <clears throat> we had several candidates we could throw out there. Um, I know last week we picked Shador Sanders. He had a great week. He had a, another great week this week against Nebraska. Um, another one was Michael Penix Jr. Um, he had a really good uh, week this week. But we all kind of came to a, a consensus that O'Marion oh, Hampton, the running back for North Carolina, um, they played App State. The guy had 234 rushing yards off of 26 carries, and on top of that, three touchdowns. So the guy played out of his mind. And as as we talked about last week, that was our – upset watch of the week this past week now obviously North Carolina won but that we could say that in part it was because of Hampton and what he did on the field
2: Well, so, when, I mean Drake May was you know when he was struggling I mean it wasn't they, it was a close game um, I mean it obviously went to overtime but without you know Hampton's efforts it wouldn't have been a game and right. State would have you know went away with it. Um, I mean, 234 yards on 26 attempts, that's, that's, I mean, almost 10 yards a carry. He was exactly. know, killing them. So yeah. the, that was the – that's what gave Drake May the opportunity to win the game because everybody was so focused on Hampton and how he was killing the Mountaineers' defense. And, yeah. Uh,
3: I mean, App State, is, you know, it's not no slouch of a defense either.
0: Absolutely not.
3: They're like one of the top defenses in the Sun Belt, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. So, um, so moving on, uh, we're going to do something uh, new this week. Um, the first AP poll dropped. Um, and, obviously, a lot of us saw the rankings. Um, so, what we're going to do now is we're going to do a too high and too low for teams that are where they're ranked in the AP poll. So... We're going to start off with um, with Kyle. And, uh, Kyle, if you want to go ahead and take the floor and talk about your two-high and two-low teams.
4: Yeah, so my two-high team is Georgia. Man, they just their offense, I don't trust it. I, I don't think they have the offense to be the number one team in the country. Their defense saves them from being a top-ten team, but without that offense, without that quarterback like Bennett used to be, they're just not my top-one team. Um i i've said it in the beginning i when we first did this i said i would not be shocked if georgia lost two games off their schedule this year mm-hmm. um and that's because they don't have an offense and that's going to come back and bite them in the ass really bad um going to my too low it's actually a team that's not ranked i'm going with mississippi state uh real wadgers you know veteran qb for the college he's he's you know, he's clutch. I mean, what else can I say about him? He knows where his targets are. He knows how to win games. And that's – he reminds me of Duggins from TCU last year. He wins games. And yeah. Honestly, I I don't believe they're top 10. Don't get me wrong, but at least the top 20. I think Mississippi State not being ranked is not justified.
0: Yeah. And then Mississippi State will absolutely be uh, talked about later on in this segment. Um, but moving on to uh, Caleb, it, Caleb, it seems like you and uh, you and Kyle kind of agree on being uh, on the team that's too high ranked.
1: Yes, that's right, Grayson. I, I'm I'm in complete agreement with Kyle. Georgia should not be ranked number one. They're just they're not. They have not played anyone to hold that position. And to be honest, um, I, I think you know you could essentially just take them out of number one, put them at five, and then just bump the other four up as far Mm -hmm. as I'm concerned because Georgia shouldn't be in it.
0: Which that kind of goes into your loot too low um, team too because your too low team is uh, USC at five, correct?
1: That is correct. That is correct. I think USC has earned their way into being the top four. Uh, you know, Georgia, they don't belong at number one. They don't belong in that top four until they actually beat someone. Mm-hmm. Who has USC beat? Stanford. Yeah, they <laughs> did.
4: They beat them bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Caleb I mean, Williams.
4: Yeah. And, you know, that that's a fair point on Caleb's part, is they do have a proven quarterback. They have a proven offense. But my rebuttal on that is they don't have a defense. So it's the opposite of Georgia to that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean there's in uh, uh, like I won't spend obviously I won't spend a lot of time on this but I will say Pac-12 has 8 teams in the top 25 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They are the yeah. current Pac the current Pac-12. So it's uh it's interesting to see how the landscape 82. Yeah, I mean the landscape has kind of changed in terms of uh college football for this year. Obviously it'll mellow out here soon. Um but it's just interesting to see all of those teams that, you know, seen a lot of talent coming from the out west. So, but moving on. Um, speaking of Pac-12 teams being ranked, uh, Nick, your uh, your two high team was actually Washington at eight. So, if you want
2: to expound on that a little bit, yeah. Before I do that, Georgia. Um, Georgia. Yes, I uh, I agree that they don't have the offensive talent. Just because, I mean, I mean, honestly, it's just the losing Stetson Bennett, who's a proven winner. Um, but I just don't see. Why they deserve to lose the number one spot as a two-time, you know, back-to-back reigning champion? I, I do see problems with them, but I don't see any reason for them to not be in the uh, top spot. But Washington, though, uh, yeah, it, I've got two very similar teams because of my two lows Kansas State. Um, but watching them play versus looking at the scores tells two different stories. Um, Washington will have a good quarter and run it up in one quarter and then that's kind of it. Um I think Washington's a very good team. I don't think they're top ten. Whereas I would argue the opposite with Kansas State, Kansas State's just straight up dominating. I mean, they beat Troy who's, you know, a pretty proven Sunbelt team at the very least. Good. Um good. and so they, they wax Troy. And so that's not just a you know, that's not just a normal you know, oh, we blew out a Sunbelt team. Like they they waxed a good Sunbelt team. Um and so I, I think uh, Kansas State I honestly I would flip them. Uh, I would have Kansas State at eight and Washington at fifteen.
0: Yeah. Well and one thing I want to point out too the opinions of Nick Noah on Troy University does not reflect everybody else in this podcast. Um, that Cal College is not worth anything. Like they're gonna get waxed all year. Um I hope Go my friends... Go Jags! I, I hope all my buddies back home can hear this. That you know, that's their secondary team. I hope Troy does not win another game, and that city would not be anything. It would just be a road if Troy University was not there. Which that's basically all Troy University is—is is a truck stop. Anyways, BB, um, we are going into yours. Um, we actually have some similarities you and I and ours. So if you want to um talk about your uh, let's let's start with your two low team.
3: Two low team is Ohio State.
0: Opposite no,
3: they're playing like Bama,
0: brother, brother, brother. Your two, your two low team is Colorado.
3: Oh yeah, sorry. Uh,
0: Take it from top. Keep it <laughs> in. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah. Go ahead.
3: Colorado. This is Colorado is a top ten team. Mm-hmm. Like that. I mean, I think I think they'll be if they play like they've been playing. They're going to beat USC. Let me pull up. They're beating USC. They're beating Oregon. And they're gonna do something stupid and lose to Utah. The so one loss pack—they're they're gonna finish probably around nine, eight or nine, I think, this year, which is, you know, miles ahead of where we thought they were gonna finish.
0: Yeah. Just don't listen to previous episodes of the podcast.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. We were talking about Jackson State Tigers. The Jack- totally different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about your uh, what about your two high team here?
3: Oh, um, 2 high team is Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just—I mean, granted, it's week two, but they just look real lethargic. Um, yeah, I bet you they're missing Quentin or Quentin Ewers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at this rate, they're going to get skull drugged by uh, Michigan. Yeah, and honestly, Penn State might get them too. So I mean, they're they're in the same situation as Alabama where well. they they could be looking at
0: two or three losses this year. Yeah. I think Dodger game might actually beat them. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. Uh, Ohio state. I mean, you really took the words right out of my mouth. Lethargic is kind of like what I see. It's just like, I I don't know. It took, it took a full game to kind of get Marvin Harrison jr. Involved. He didn't really do anything. Week one week two, he did kind of have a coming out game. Um, But that should be the case. Like the guy was a borderline Heisman, like preseason Heisman finalist and you're not getting him the ball that's that's an issue so i think I, I don't think their offense is there i think they've got athletes on defense so that's what's kind of saving them right now but i think they're going to be less productive on the offensive side and they they're just they're going to end up 9 and 3 um now on the flip side um i think tennessee is too low. i know they're at 11 um but after this week just kind of watching the games i think tennessee might be the best team in the sec Um, I know it's really up for debate now, especially since Bama lost. We talked about, you know, Georgia having a little bit of struggle on offense, but they still have a great defense. Um, maybe not the best team, but I think they're the most complete team, and I think that's going to get them. I mean, like I, I put put them in my um college football playoff prediction a couple weeks ago, so I think they're going to be able to get in. Um, at this point, I, I there may there may not be an undefeated team in the SEC. Uh, but uh, Nick said it best, a one-loss SEC champion is going to get into the college football playoff. That's going to happen, So, and I think that Tennessee is that team. So um, moving on off of our um, uh, uh, too too high, too low, uh, we're going to go into our predictions again. Um, Going to week three, right now our records are Kyle at five and five. Caleb is right there with him at five and five. Nick bumped up to seven and three was hundred percent this past week. Um, BB is sitting at four and six, uh, 40%. That's about his, uh, was about his grades in his accounting class. And then I'm sitting at eight and two. So um, that being said, our span of games this week is going to be Washington versus Michigan state, uh, North Carolina, and Minnesota, Florida, and Tennessee, Colorado, Colorado State, and LSU versus Mississippi State. So, let's start with BB. Um, let's just go through your span of games real quick, man. All
3: right. Uh, so, for the Colorado, Colorado State, I got Colorado uh, big time. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much, I think everybody's going to have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Carolina, Minnesota. Uh, I think Omarion is going to continue his performance, and they're just going to run right through Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, LSU, Mississippi State. Uh, I'm gonna go Mississippi State on this one. Mm-hmm. Kind of just don't know why. Just gotta feel like coming. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I got. Who's am Who's Washington play.
0: Washington's playing Michigan, Michigan, State. Uh, Michigan
3: State. Michigan State. Yeah. Well, I got uh, Michael Penix Jr. is gonna go off. I mean honestly, he had, he was. You know, he had a debate the win player of the week last or his last week. Uh and it seems it's like a regular occurrence for him to go about three hundred yards in 30 TDs, and so I think that's gonna be too much for him. And
0: Florida and Tennessee.
3: Uh Tennessee by murder. I, my dog is having a seizure behind me, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna have Tennessee by murder. I, Florida's just not
2: good. Yeah. I would like to uh go next if that's okay. Um, I think I think Nick is
0: going to go next. Yeah.
2: So Washington beats Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State's got a lot going on with uh, um, Mel Tucker getting fired, and you know it's that that program's about to get washed. Um, so I think it'll be a gross game. It's not going to be a fun one to watch. Um, so Washington, um, North Carolina, same concept. Uh, North Carolina, I don't think they skip a beat. I think they. Really show you know they're they're still that proven uh, kind of veteran. I would even say offense. Um, I'm taking Florida because it is at 6 p.m. at the uh, swamp. Um, and Tennessee's offense has not looked great. They just each each week they just kind of seem like oh we've almost got it, and they rely on their defense. Whereas Florida, with Grimmers, granted they got blown out with Utah, and they have not really proven much besides the fact that they can throw a little bit um, because they have Pearsall. It's going to be a you know they're in enemy territory with Tennessee, like being at the swamp at night. It, it's that's still a very hard place to win. I, I like Florida, um, Colorado. Same thing. Uh, it's it's not going to be really a close game. Um, and then I like LSU over Mississippi state. Um, I think LSU is again, I mean, I've said it before in past podcasts, I think they're going to do very similar to last year. I still think they're a very good team. Um, I mean, they had a chance to go out against Grambling and kind of do walkthroughs for their last week game. So, uh, I think they're going to be ready against Michigan or Mississippi state, but, uh, I like the Gators this week though.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, Caleb, if you want to piggyback off that, and uh, it seems like you and Nick actually have similar picks.
1: Absolutely. Me and Nick are thinking alike this week. Um, when I would look at this lineup, uh, I'm gonna, you know, just to blaze through it because I got a lot to say about Florida as well. Um, I got Washington and um, UNC, Colorado winning big like BB said and like everyone said before, so no changes there. I got LSU. Uh, I got LSU over Mississippi State. I just think Mississippi State, it's just, I don't, I just don't see, I don't see what... uh, They're the same old Mississippi State. You know, and it's so unfortunate what happened with Mike Leach. Who knows where they'd be if, uh, you know, the tragedy that befell Mike Leach and his family and the university had never happened. But unfortunately... I just, you know, LSU's just, I, I feel like they're going to take this and it's going to be pretty easy for them. Um, I'll personally be rooting for Mississippi State because I hate, with a burning passion, the LSU Tigers and their entire fan base.
2: While wearing a Saints jersey.
1: <laughs> oh, hey, they're not mutually <laughs> exclusive, pal. And Friendly fire. Friendly fire. <laughs> oh my God. But anyways, so, which leads me to... Oh, I I think I jumped over – no, I didn't jump over any of you.
0: Yeah, you're right on track.
1: That brings me to Florida and Tennessee. So Nick took a lot of the words out of my mouth. Primetime game, the swamp. And in addition to that, so talking about the Tennessee offense not looking good is an understatement. When we first started this podcast and this season was first starting, I was riding high on Tennessee. Um I think they have potential, but let me tell you, I'm not riding near as high on them now that I saw that uh that Austin P game last uh last weekend where in the first half Austin P held them to 13 points in the first half and 17 points in the second half. So you're probably thinking right now Oh big deal Caleb Tennessee still beat them 13 to uh, uh, 30 to 13. Well, yeah, I guess that doesn't seem so bad unless you look at Austin Peay's schedule and see that they got waxed by Southern Illinois 49 to 23.
0: Powerhouse Southern Illinois, yeah.
1: Like it's just when you see when you see such a problematic win Against Austin, against Austin P, you just can't have much faith in the Tennessee Volunteers. So I'm thinking that they are primed for an upset by the Florida Gators.
0: Gotcha, uh, Kyle. How you feel? How you feeling about your picks?
4: Yeah, so I'm just gonna get the easy one out the way. Colorado, Colorado State. I mean, if Colorado State comes within thirty-five to forty, I'd be shocked. Give me Deion Sanders absolutely embarrassing med school. Somebody write that down. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with Mississippi State actually doing the upset. I trust Real Rogers. It's at Mississippi State. Give me the cowbells. I think it's going to be too much for O'Brien Kelly to come in there and beat him. Don't like Brian Kelly. Sorry. Um, my next one is going to be a big upset, actually. I think Washington going to MSU – michigan state is actually going to be an upset um my reason for that the coach was of course just fired for some weird reason whenever coaches get fired and that interim head coach comes in the whole team rallies against them and they want to prove something big i think they want to prove something big and i think michigan state pulls the upset here um North Carolina easily beats Minnesota. Listen, PJ Fleck, you're an idiot. I hope you get embarrassed. I hope it's like a blowout. I hope you cry just like Butch Jones did. I hope they got that on camera when you're crying. Your whole program's a joke. And then Florida and Tennessee. Let me just say one player's name that I dealt with for two years that made me regret ever watching college football. Graham Mertz, baby. Boy, what a miserable player to watch. And you guys have no idea how many times I turned off Wisconsin football after the second quarter because of this man.
1: It sounds like do, your, what'd you, you do turned last it Saturday? on because you have no dignity.
4: It, no. Hold on. Uh, don't even nick, because I we know, came Taylor, in two he, points he, he, he and we should have won Sunday. that game last Saturday. But whatever. Um Graham Mertz is a bad quarterback. I don't get me wrong. I, I hope the best for the guy. It's hard to you know, choose you a college, leaves your family and everything like that. But, God, he's trash. He got Paul C- Chris fired from Wisconsin, who doesn't fire anyone. How bad do you got to be to get fired, to get a coach fired from Wisconsin? Pretty damn bad. Tennessee is going to walk into the swamp and embarrass them.
0: Yeah. Um. Now I guess that leads to my picks. Uh, Colorado by murder. I UNC very close. I don't think that game's going to be close. Um, Washington, Michigan state. Um, I feel like this game would have been closer without the mill Tucker issue. Uh, I think, you know, this could be a game that defines Michigan state season. Like, what are they going to do after losing their coach? But I don't think it's going to go well. Uh, I'm picking Washington there. Um, I think Mississippi state squeaks out the upset against LSU. I think, um, I think Brian Kelly is still trying to get adjusted to the SEC. I don't think he's um like I, I don't think he's prepared just for that schedule. I know like last year they were the 10 and 2 team. Um I st- still think he's working out kinks with his with that LSU team. And then finally with Florida and Tennessee, uh I know I know a couple people on here have talked about Tennessee uh you know having issues with their offense. I think this is the week they figured out. Um I think hype Will rally the troops this week, go down the swamp, and I think they'll take a win. Because one thing we talked about, we talked about the struggles that Tennessee has, but we have not really talked about what Florida looks like this year. Florida, Florida does not look great. Um, They, I mean, it looks like they have more issues, uh, like off the field, uh, off the field with the on the field issues. Not saying there's anything like, I'm not saying there's any kind of you know crazy situation going on, but it just doesn't look like uh, Napier has a hold of that team. Um, which is really hard to do in Florida so I think Tennessee takes the win and they go on three and0 um moving on it is now time for our favorite segment Kyle's out-of- pocket pick of the week um Kyle last week was very very close to uh getting his pick there uh but he said something in the group message way too early and blew it so yeah. with that <laughs> Kyle, you I, have- just, I just want to
4: apologize to smu you were within four <laughs> points and i went into the group me and i said some very inappropriate things about oklahoma and they decided to do a 50 yard pass to go up by 11 and then y'all lost by 17 yeah yeah um so i would have kept my sh- mouth shut y'all would have covered and y'all might have won that game because y'all were
0: looking damn good my bad That's but me god right. hates kyle so yes. anyway um so moving it was on within
2: it was within 30 seconds of him saying something.
4: yes I, I mean i, I you not know, probably what 20 seconds later they threw that bomb
0: yeah no I, Yeah,
4: yeah <laughs> no, sorry but bye
0: um so well what what is your what is your out-of-pocket pick of the week this week
4: western kentucky university will cover against ohio, uh ohio state university let me say right now the spread 28 points 28 points. Ohio State is so lost right now on offense, man. They they don't know what to do. Their QB is not like in the past. They don't they they're not putting up points. And it's the hard facts. They still have a good defense, but Western Kentucky, their Qtaba- uh, quarterback Reed, first uh, for the first two games, 589 yards passing with six touchdown passes. They will cover that spread, and I think they actually cover it by a decent amount, and they lose by seventeen to eighteen points.
0: All right. Well, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I don't think that, that it's that out of pocket with how Ohio State plays, but I mean, who knows? Like I said, God hates you, so we'll we'll see how. Uh, we'll Ohio see how- State's
2: quarterback is named
0: Kyle
4: oh maybe he's hated too so yeah maybe quite possibly
0: <laughs> yeah and then the last uh last segment right here uh that we did last week um upset watch like i said we were very close on that game this past week game went to what went two overtime. overtime yeah, yeah. Yep. two overtimes yeah overtimes um so our upset watch for this week is south carolina versus georgia um which i know is you know maybe a lot of people aren't expecting that because georgia is the number 1 team but uh just kind of open open discussion here what does what does south carolina and beamer ball have to do to pull out the upset versus georgia this week
2: leggett yeah <laughs> the wide receiver leggett he has to have mm-hmm. again i mean he has close to 300 yards over the two games and rattler cannot make a mistake um mm-hmm. They – I mean, he has to play a perfect game. South Carolina, they've already got the one loss. So, you know, they're not really playing for anything anymore, um, which can give them an edge, whereas Georgia's playing with something to lose. Um, South Carolina's defense is going to have to create a couple turnovers. Um, if they don't do it, um, I mean, I think uh, Georgia's defense is going to stop them enough. But if South Carolina – again, if the, if Spencer Rattler is going to have, have a – 350 yard passing game, and Leggett's going to have to have at least, I would say, 120, 130 yards and a touchdown or two to make this thing, you know, close. But um, from the past two weeks, they've done that. So um, I I very well could see this happening. Whereas Georgia, uh, again, kind of like what I'm saying with Tennessee, is they're about to be due for an upset just because they've had so much hype and, you know, they haven't really played anyone. Um, but, uh, I think South Carolina, Spencer Rattler is going to have to use his legs. He can't, he can't, you know, he's going to have to get a couple first downs. You got to look at it like, you know, how teams used to play against Alabama was your running quarterbacks would, you know, kill Alabama. And it's, you know, it's kind of shifting over to Georgia. Now you have to have a mobile quarterback that can get you at least 30 yards on the ground, but avoid sacks
4: you know nick you, you put that very uh very good right there i would say turnovers is a big thing but i think if south carolina can actually hold but georgia's struggling offense to so a bunch of three and outs and play that field position where they get them three and outs at the 25 yard line multiple times and get the ball around their 30 to 40 yard line i think that could play a bigger part than the turnovers itself i think spencer uh Sorry, Spencer, I'm just going to say his first name. I'm not even going to try his last name. Uh, Spencer having two big explosive uh, plays could actually change his game, and I think that's all he
0: needs. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, with with South Carolina, like uh, Georgia is almost like the prototypical SEC team right now. Um, I mean, they're going to have a good rushing defense. So, they're I mean, they're going to have to beat him over the air. Um, and this could be – the week that Spencer Rattler decides to, you know, have his career game or season game. So they're they're going to have to be dominant over the air. Cause I don't think they're going to get it done on the, on the ground. And then their defense is going to have to either bend, not break or create long drives for Georgia. Can't let them score quick. And, and have the offense come back out there because, as we've said before, Georgia's offense is not up to par. I mean, really, to uh, the, to what it was last year, it's not up to par to what it was last year. So if they can make Georgia have long drives and get out there and score on, the, uh, like score on their possessions, at least a field goal every single time, I think South Carolina's got a really good chance.
1: And I would say, like a you know, for both reasons that you, Kyle, and Nick all pointed out. I think, you know, Spencer Radler could very well outpace Georgia if they play the game right. Another thing I'll point out that I haven't heard yet, and what I'm about to say is far easier said than done. But if they if the defense for South Carolina is able to cut the value of Brock Bowers on that offense, if they're even able to if they're able to cut that in half, that's only gonna make the job for South Carolina and Spencer Radler all the more easier. So you know if they can if they can control Brock Bowers even a little bit because you can't completely contain him. Um, I think you know those are the recipes to success in Columbia.
0: Yeah,
2: I completely agree. Yeah, all right. They're gonna have to play like they when they beat Tennessee last year and blow them out. It's yeah. gonna mm-hmm. have to be that kind of game. And yeah. before we go, uh, I just saw a report that uh, the Jets fear that it's an Achilles injury for, Jet, oh, uh, for oh, Aaron Rodgers
1: no. so. yeah.
2: brother this, God. that's
1: a dark day for football yeah. uh, um, Aaron Rodgers and a first round pick
0: alright guys well that ends episode 3 of the jetboard podcast. The meeting is adjourned thank you everybody again for listening we'll be back next week so until then we'll see y'all next time
1: get better Rodgers <laughs> I mean that don't you laugh you jackass <laughs>